The marriage is over. Get out. I suddenly remember my Charlemagne. Get together. Hold on to your butt. All right, Joe, we are back. Welcome to episode four of... <laughs> what the hell show is this? <laughs> it's been too long. Yeah. Welcome to episode four of Hold On To Your Butts. I am Lee Marcotte, a former actor and current movie nerd. Uh, I am Joe Seco. I am a visual effects artist and uh, also a movie nerd. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. And your opinions are not... Your opinions are not the opinions of your employer. Who, no, no. Who will never say who it is. No, no. <laughs> my opinions are my own. My terrible opinions are mine and Joe, mine alone. Joe works in the industry and I was promptly chewed up and spat out of it. But uh, <laughs> but my love for movies continues. Uh, and so uh, this week on the show, we're going to be, we're going to be, would you say dissecting the films of Neil Breen? Or, yeah. Uh, <laughs> dissecting, maybe like poking out with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> rummaging around yeah i don't know it's been a little while it's been uh i think we did our last one in june yeah so sorry about the wait time flies time flies we're busy working people and also we wanted to kind of change formats a little bit we were running kind of a uh kind of a unsustainable model yeah let's just throw it out there we we can't see these movies fast <laughs> enough exactly exactly so we're going to talk about stuff that's already out stuff that we like uh, B movies, I think, are probably going to be a theme oh, more yeah. often on this show, uh, not just today, but uh, just you know, just movies that are cool that you should see that are out there already. Hopefully, we can tip you off to something new, or yeah, go into details or parts that of movies you've already seen. Yeah, exactly, of old yeah. favorites. Yeah. So uh, today on the podcast, uh, uh, we're going to talk about one of the most iconic uh one of the most i don't know forceful uh, a force of impact on the cinema world influential influential thank you uh and the his name is neil breen and i know what you're thinking you're thinking who the hell is neil breen and why is there an entire podcast being dedicated to him but let me tell you we're getting in on the ground floor here because by now because neil breen's stock it's going up. It's going way up. Yes, he is actually known for uh, a little while ago on Netflix. His movie Double Down was put on Netflix, wasn't it? And then it created yes. like this whole cult following for it being one of the worst movies of all time. <laughs> yeah, and then, it's true. And then as people looked into Neil Breen, it turns out that he's made four movies he's, now. He's made four movies. And yes, and Double Down and I Am Here Now are on the are on many websites like 25 worst movies of all time lists. <laughs> yeah. This is like um I guess I should preface this by saying that I love B movies. Oh yes. And if you don't like B movies, I don't care. Watch this anyway. <laughs> it's brilliant. It really is. I will say so let's uh well let let's get into it. Let's start. Let's get into it. Okay, uh so Neil Breen is known for uh writing, directing Editing, acting and editing. starring in yeah. his own movies. Yes. Which which I think in this uh which I think in I mean I don't know if you would call him in Hollywood, but I think that's kind of an impressive thing nowadays. I mean they're all self-funded. Yeah. yeah. Self-funded. I guess he's uh he's an architect right. uh in his day-to-day -day right. life and he just has a passion for filmmaking 
and uh, does everything himself. Right. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Right. You know? Yeah. It's refreshing. Right. Uh, so yeah, so not not so much a format change, but I also like B movies too, and I think I think we should just talk about movies that are fun to watch. Yeah, and like fun to talk about. And Neil Breen makes those movies. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I'll tell you, I've I've had more fun in a Neil Breen movie than a dozen movies that have come out in the theaters in the past. Oh, uh, by far, <laughs> by far, few years. And now, do you know is he still on Netflix? Um, I think. I think one of them is on there now. Uh-huh. I think the third one, uh, Fateful Findings, is actually on Netflix. Uh, okay. Or maybe it's Amazon or one of those things. I see. But they're out there. They're out there to they're get. Out there. He sells them. He sells them on his website. Yes. Uh, yeah. They're they're available on uh, on on a few channels, I think. So, yeah. So please look them up. Yeah. Because you'll have a good time. Make, yeah. make some popcorn, you know, get cozy. Yeah. Uh, they're a good time. Yeah. Uh, so let's start. So number right. one, number one, Double Down, Double that, Down. That was his first one. Why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about Double Down, Joe? Okay, let me start by the uh, here. Here's the synopsis that IMDb gives to this movie: an edgy action thriller set in Las Vegas during a terrorist attack. A attack. A brilliant computer loner takes control of the city, and and the attack. As he fights with his fits of overwhelming depression and obsessions with love and death. <laughs> now, that's a fair enough storyline. Right. But the amount of coherence, take that and just divide by a thousand. There's just not, it's just not coherent at all. So, like, uh, basically, the plot is Neil Breen, who I don't think he has a character name in this, Aaron, Aaron Brand. Wow, nice pull. Aaron Brand. He is secret agent Aaron Brand. My name is Aaron Brand. Wow. Yeah, good good call. Yeah, there it is. He's a secret agent. He is out in the desert in like a 1988 Mercedes Benz. And he has like, you know, 30 laptops. They're all... Pre two thousand yeah, era laptops, um, and he also has like you know five flip phones and mm-hmm. and uh, and it's all this the dishes, oh, the direct satellite TV dishes. satellite yeah. dishes, and with all this obsolete equipment, he uh, hacks into government computers and he controls the geopolitical landscape from his car, and he doesn't need much to live on, as right. he says in the movie, just tuna out of the can, right. which he eats. Uh, and is shown eating many times in the in the movie. There's in fact one scene where he's eating tuna out of a can while he's driving his Mercedes and almost veers off a cliff. Yes, and we're not sure if that's played for comedic effect or not. I think it's played for laughs. See, I think it's not. <laughs> this is this is we can get into it. This these this movie is played straight. This isn't right. This isn't like Sharknado. Right, right. This is played straight although that might be a comedic scene but that one's unclear right. but <laughs> so basically he's just um coming to grips with he's also unleashing a weapon of mass destruction right on las vegas but he's also saving las vegas and it's unclear and i think he's playing with his 
I don't know. He wants to save humanity, but he also wants to spread anthrax or. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. That's part of it. That's part of here's, it. Here's a li- okay. Here's a list of things that he says he can do in Double Down. Right. He controls access to the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. I controlled access to the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. (laughs) He makes millions of dollars working for other countries on covert assignments, but gives the money away to children's charities. (laughs) (laughs) He supports victims of natural disasters, quote, like Katrina. (laughs) Yeah. And he has bioelectrical medical implants to assist him in carrying out his attacks. Yes. That sounds right. <laughs> and he eats tuna out of the can and lives in his car. Yeah. So he basically has zero environmental impact <laughs> right. on the world, too. Right. He has all this power, and yet he is so alone in the world. Yeah. Because another, I think one of the subplots in this movie is that the government assassinated his girlfriend. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he loved his girlfriend. They were in a pool. Um, and the government sniped her. Yeah. It's unclear if they're, I, I mean, I assume they were trying to snipe him, but right. they just snipe her as she dies. And then he, he's just like yells out and I don't know, the guy didn't take another shot. So maybe they were <laughs> trying to kill her. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but, uh, yeah, they killed his Wife, fiance, girlfriend, yeah. something like that. Yeah. It's unclear. The love, just the love of his life. Yes. The love of his life. Yeah. And, I'm, and we're assuming this is the government because right. we're actually not sure. It's unclear. And that's the theme of the movie itself. It's just unclear. Right. Because the movie, <laughs> I'll give it credit. The movie actually does start out with, albeit it's all, uh, it's all like exposition and, and, and story. Uh, like he's laying the groundwork for his story, for right. his character. And so you say, okay, he's he's this extremely incredible person. Yes. So now, um, you know, continue your story. But he spends about forty-five minutes talking about how great he is, how That's he lives true. in the desert, how uh, what is this? He uh, he's a bioterrorist, and he's planted biological <laughs> bombs in seven major cities. Yes. He just he has no idea what he wants to do. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? What do you have for me this time? Cryptography, hacking into a banking system, shutting down a power grid for a major city, cutting off the water system for half the country, hacking into the stock market, closing down a bank, fixing an election. It's all easy. Yeah. And uh, and it's it's never really cleared up. No, it's not cleared up. He's struggling, and and that's maybe part of the theme. He's struggling with his own right, but but it's not even that is not made clear. It's right. just it's just one scene, you know. Like you said, he donates to children's charities, right. and then the next scene, he literally rubs a handful of anthrax on some random dude's <laughs> arm in the middle of Las Vegas. That is a, an actual scene, by right. the way. He's right. just walking by and he just rubs anthrax on this. I'm assuming it's something like anthrax. <laughs> You're like, okay, you know. But uh, yeah, it's a little unclear. Oh, you forgot to mention too, uh, he has uh, basically every military honor. Oh, right. Uh, like medal, medal right. of honor. Right. Medal of Valor, and he pinned them all to a sleeveless denim shirt, which <laughs> he wears. Right. 
with all of them on there. Sleevelessness is also a theme (laughs) in his movies. I'm not sure that I've seen a single scene in Double Down uh, where he has sleeves on his shirt. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's sleeveless entirely (laughs) through Double Down. Um, Yeah. Oh, I think. think We think. There might be a polo shirt in there somewhere. (laughs) I don't know. But, uh, But the funny thing is he's not, you know... He doesn't have like an Arnold Schwarzenegger physique or anything. Right. He's just kind of an average guy. Right. So I don't know if he's trying to showcase it. <laughs> well, that's a good that's a, that's a good point to talk about. I mean, what yeah. do you think? What do you think his motivation is for making? I mean, other than say just like a simple passion for filmmaking. I mean, right. One of the one of the things that people talk about with Neil Breen is that, as you say, his movies are played pretty straight. Yes. And so is he just compelled to tell these stories about corporate greed and corporate corruption and saving humanity, even though he doesn't have the talent to tell the stories? I mean, <laughs> yeah. what 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 is compelling him to like, is he a narcissist? Why are all his characters, you know, these godlike characters and all and all of that? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's if I had to guess, um, I think he I think there is a bit of narcissism in there and uh and I think he does feel very strongly about these themes, government corruption and stuff. And God help him. He, he, he like doesn't know how to get it out. You right. Know? He, he, so he, he takes the extremely ambitious step of making an entire series of feature films, which right. most people don't do. Right. Right. And these are feature films. These are 90 minutes long. Oh, yeah. They're shot on yeah. film. They're shot on film. Yeah. At least the earlier ones are. Right. I think he switched to digital for right. three, I think. Right. Uh, didn't he shoot uh, Double Down? The one We have Double Down on in the background here. <laughs> yeah. I believe this. Didn't he say this was shot on like 35 or 16 and blown up? I mean, yeah. it's supposed to look like a movie. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it would have cost him considerable amount of money to have all that film, you know, processed and developed and everything. Yeah, yeah. Film's not cheap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. I think he's just, you know, trying to change... Uh, the world you know as as much as a filmmaker can but Mm. it could it could be also that uh he doesn't like trust anyone else Mm -hmm. to get his message across so he he plays all the roles (laughs) and (laughs) right does all the writing and yeah no there's no there's no dp i don't think on a right neil breen picture uh you know or a writer's workshop or anything no right well, it's funny. I mean, when, and one of the reasons these films are, you know, have achieved this kind of cult status is that they are so incredibly just disjointed. There's, I mean, we're watching stock footage here of a nightclub and stock footage of the Vegas skyline and, you know, the Nevada desert. And, uh, you know, a guy is loading a gun right now and there's no, <laughs> like, none of these images are connected. No. And it's all, you know, and, and his really vague voiceover about you know, humanity and the direction of people and, you know, what we're all doing to each other and his role in it all. I mean, it's just, if, if this sounds like, if this sounds like a lot of topics to cover in one, yeah. like with a competent director, like one feature length film, like you'd be right. Yes. And yet here he's tackling all of these things. All at the same all time. All at the same time. And his main, and he chooses his main character to be a guy who lives in his car. so i mean you can't outrun the fact that you're a low budget filmmaker with this like kind of a like a film school uh, like approach to everything yeah 
and I'm pretty sure he he did not go to film school, right? <laughs> but I could be wrong right. there. Yeah, it's just here's a scene. Um, it's Neil Breen. He's driving down the road in his car. Nothing's happening. He's talking about some lofty subject like government corruption or something. Then it cuts immediately to him just standing there against like a sky backdrop, <laughs> just staring out into nothing. Then it cuts to stock footage of some like eyeball being like operated on by <laughs> that's right some implant being put in an eyeball. Then it cuts back to him shooting somebody. They're never shown. They're off screen and like blood splashing on his face. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. It just... It's just this complete nonsense right. on the surface. Right. And the maybe surface. maybe if you <laughs> dig deep too, maybe it's still nonsense. I think that's what drives me for my love for Neil Breen films. It's cause you never know. It's like it's like you're digging and you're like, is there something down there? Or right. is this or is this just a, a trash pile that I'm digging in? I've wasted my life. Conceptually, I think there is some stuff there. Don't you? I mean, as yeah. a, as, there's got to be a reason he's putting, you know, the pen to paper, so to speak, and like writing these things. Yeah. But, you know, he's climbing this rock and he's meeting an old man out in the oh, desert. God. I mean, what does that have to do with spying or espionage or <laughs> saving or, you know, saving the planet or any of these like bioterrorism acts he's, <laughs> he's, he's enacting? Here, let me paint a picture of this uh, sequence for our listeners here. Apologies <laughs> if you've seen this before. Uh there's an old man in a cave in the desert. He's wearing a t-shirt and jeans. Now, I'm pretty sure this is some sort of a transient or maybe right. like a relative. We don't know. Right. He trips over. He cracks his head open. And, he, and Neil Breen comes up to him. And then he says, here, take this rock. And he gives Neil Breen a rock. And the rock is magical. And it cures disease. Yeah. And uh, that's the scene there. <laughs> By the way, there's no there's no lead up. Right. Like he just happens to be walking in the desert, and he sees this old man in a cave, <laughs> and gets a magic rock. And there's no setup for no. Is there magical rocks in this world? Right. Is there, you know, is there like any sort of fantasy element? No, no. It's just reality. And he just sees this guy, and here's this rock. You got to take it. And then he buries him under a pile of rocks <laughs> and now there's a shot of a bald eagle yeah <laughs> also stock footage yeah, it makes like, typical scene yeah. yeah i mean that's just a taste that's just a taste <laughs> of this film well let's talk about let's talk about his was it his second movie yeah i am here dot 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 now yes four dots <laughs> Not three. Right. For you journalism or English majors out there, an ellipsis <laughs> has three periods. Yes. But his his has four. Yes. Which is very deliberate. Oh yeah. Very deliberate. And has become kind of like a like an internet sensation for the people that follow him. <laughs> well, let's talk about I Am Here Now. Because I Am Here yeah. Now kind of takes every all a lot of the themes that are in Double Down and just cranks them up. Because now in I Am Here Now, he is a he is an actual god. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So in Double Down, he was a godlike secret agent. Right. And then he was like, that's not enough. Now I'm actually God. And it's not clear. 
it's not a particular denomination of God. He's not right. Jesus or something. Although he lays it on pretty thick. Yeah, he does. But he seems to be some sort of ambiguous God, but he's also like a robot. Yes, he's a robot. Yeah. And they and he, they also cut to several scenes of him where he has an ape face. <laughs> yeah. So But not the body of an ape. Yeah, not the body. It's this kind of terrifying yeah, like zombie ape mask. Yeah, it's like a weird dollar store Halloween costume mask. It, you know what it looks like? If there's anyone out there that is a, a video gamer, a PC gamer, there was an old game, a re- RPG back in the day called uh, Planescape Torment. <laughs> and on the cover of that uh, was this weird blue guy that's like, uh, it's kind of funny now because it's like not how the game was. It kind of was a bad like box art for the game are you looking at, at this now. yeah the, it and looks it, a lot like that. it looks just like that except it's it's not blue it's white or something but <laughs> it looks like that but he just appeared like sometimes he's in right he's in a hotel room with a woman uh-huh and then he's just an ape man yeah <laughs> making love to her yeah that's right <laughs> he is making love to her and he's neil breen and then she looks up and he's an ape man yeah but she doesn't like react to it i don't believe no all right well what's the plot but what, what's sorry the plot of I am here now <laughs> we're getting uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves yeah. yeah here i'll i'll do the same thing i'll read the uh synopsis here okay. and this movie is from 2009 yes disappointed by its creation the almighty being that created man arrives on earth in human form and interacts with various troubled wicked and sinful people on his journey to vegas <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I guess since City. You know yeah. why he picks Vegas. Yeah, Again, he can't outrun where he's from or <laughs> yeah. where he has the ability to shoot a movie. Yes. All of his movies are in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's an interesting city. I yeah. Mean, it could be worse. Now, this movie, speaking of Double Down being on the worst list, I mean, a lot of people say that this movie has superseded Double Down as one, as the, one of the all-time worst movies ever yeah. made. Yes. And now, do you think that's because of the themes he tackles or like it's heavy handedness? Because, I mean, remember, yeah. subtlety is not is it, isn't that I believe this is the movie where he has politicians committing suicide on camera. Oh, that's the third one. OK. <laughs> <laughs> it just ratchets up each right. time. Right. Uh, this one, he just he just comes back and he's there's there's about like 40 minutes of total footage mm-hmm. of him just looking disapprovingly. I'm disappointed in your species. The human species. Like, it, it's like a close-up of his face with a sky in the background, ah, and right. he's wearing like a white robe that's or right. shirt, and he's just like looking disapprovingly. That's like a lot of, a lot of the scenes. In it. I don't know. Yeah, the pacing's really off it's it could be really slow and then all of a sudden something wacky happens and like um i'm trying to remember it oh and then there's this whole there's a subplot about this gang uh-huh. and they're like taking over and so there <laughs> there's a great scene uh in this one where uh there's a guy uh in a wheelchair and all he wants to do <laughs> is see the welcome to las vegas sign and he can't see it because 
I guess he's in a wheelchair and there's all these tourists and they're crowding around. And so Neil Breen comes. Oh, does he? Oh, right. His name in this one is The Being. Yeah, The Being. Yeah. But so Neil Breen comes down, uh, walks over and then freezes time. So everyone just literally freezes. But the, the funny thing is they obviously just stop moving right and they're told to just like hold still because you could see them like shaking and stuff (laughs) they didn't free there's no effect there and uh neil breen wheels the guy up to the las vegas sign and he sheds a tear and he completes his life and (laughs) and that's what he does and meanwhile there's people being murdered and stuff but you know that this is more important this is how he chooses to use his powers yeah that that is the other thing that struck me about this movie is how poor decisions he made yeah. to use like his powers yeah. to like do good, and he just does random things like that, and sometimes like spiteful things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just it's all over the map again. In this movie, it's not the politicians committing suicide; it's the men in business suits being crucified. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. All of of this collection of people, uh, whether they be like Vegas, uh, what, big wigs, the mayor. It it turns out that many of these people are connected with this gang that's also running wild in Vegas. And (laughs) one of the scenes, one of the scenes near the end of the movie, as all of these stories are wrapping up, is that all these different men in business suits are being crucified. Which is a subtle metaphor. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, what is it about... <laughs> what is it about Neil Breed? It, like, is it... Is it narcissism? Like, he's crucifying... <laughs> he, he's not teaching people how to be better, necessarily. Right. And he's, uh, you know, and he, and he steals the clothes out of that couple... Who are are off off that couple who are like just like shooting up and, yeah. and getting drunk in the in the desert. Yeah, they they're like they're you know shooting up like you said. Yeah, and he comes down and just like knocks them out like violently and then, and then steals their clothes yeah. and like leaves them in the desert. Yeah, but he makes them vanish. Oh right, like, yeah, he makes them powers. vanish. Yeah. yeah, like they go to some terrifying alternate dimension and they're just spinning in a void somewhere while he's like running around here I don't know yeah and I just I'm looking at the crucifixion scene right here uh-huh. um, probably whatever you're thinking of in your head listeners uh, scale that down uh, <laughs> it's basically all it's six guys in suits standing on the ground right they're not like hanging in there they're standing on the ground holding like a two by four right behind their head um <laughs> it's pretty funny now that I'm looking at it. uh yeah not subtle um no yeah and there's also this side another theme is this odd side plots in his movies where there's this woman who was a stripper and then Right. And then, but then she wanted to be a, like a doctor and then she ends up joining this gang. Right. And and she has a baby. She has a baby. Yeah. And then there's this whole subplot there and then it goes, it goes nowhere. No. I don't think. I don't think that's ever resolved. 
No. Or he steps in and saves her, doesn't he? I can't. Oh, maybe he does. Yeah, no, he probably does. I can't remember. <laughs> it's just, it's so disjointed. Like to to try to get a coherent like picture of the movie right. is so hard. But yeah, so I don't know why he does it, man. But <laughs> it's goddamn entertaining. I'll tell you. Now, where do you think this ranks? I mean, this you would you agree that these are in the like that category of so bad it's good kind of movies <laughs> yeah because i mean there's not really any other reason to watch these other than to either study them or just enjoy them but yeah but i mean these really aren't they're fun to watch because they're funny but <laughs> i would argue we're kind of laughing at neil breen not really with him yeah <laughs> because he's making these movies for real like he's yeah. serious about this subject matter this is for me why i love b movies is because when someone does something straight and they really try like so hard at it and they fail literally every step of the way right it's just the product that you get out of that it's just brilliant that's (laughs) i i don't don't know how to describe it other than that there's something genuine about it yeah it's genuine yeah and i and i like un ironically appreciate the genuine passion of right people like neil breen right that are like out there making these things right and they're just pouring their whole like life into it yeah. and heart into it and considerable i mean i'm sure that most of these are i mean mostly self-funded oh yeah i think all of them are you know yeah so he's he's spending a considerable amount of his own money on these yeah i mean these are just stories that he thinks should be told yeah <laughs> But unfortunately, they're being told poorly. <laughs> right. Right. And that's what's kind of so... It's kind of tragic about it because anybody anybody else could... Tack, like, you've seen the themes that he's going after before. Yes. But he he just can't, like, translate them to film. But that doesn't stop him. <laughs> <laughs> this is the other thing we should talk about is, uh, is does he know that his movies are bad? Or does he not know? Like, cause oh yeah. So, the, the one movie that comes up is um, the Room, which is a famous right. example. Tommy Wiseau, um, and which is you know, this is this movie. The, these movies, by the way, are like the Room mixed with like Die Hard or something. Right. I don't know. It's like an action version of the Room. Right. Maybe that's the best way to say it. Right. But uh, but then when when people kind of made the room this cult following and they're like oh you know these are terrible mm-hmm. and then tommy was always like oh ha, ha, yeah they were meant to be a comedic yeah and he kind of played into that and you know that's bullshit but right <laughs> in my opinion no yeah there's no way that the yeah. room gets made without yeah. without total buy-in from tommy Wiseau. yeah because he can't he couldn't have been in on it the whole time no it no. just wouldn't have turned it wouldn't have turned out that way no, you can tell it's played like a serious drama and it just falls flat, you yeah. know? So so he kind of took the like, oh, ha, ha, yep, pretty funny, huh? Yeah. But because I can't get hurt. That way. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's really sad. It's like getting into the minds of these guys. But Neil Breen, like what, do you know anything about like his... All I've seen, I've seen some interviews with him and I've seen him, he is active on Twitter yeah and i like he believes that we need to be saved 
that like politicians will take over everything, that corporations will take over everything. Right. I mean, these, these really heavy handed themes of his, I mean, he believes them. So I don't think that these movies are, you know, when people ask him about certain scenes or certain, you know, he can, from what I've heard, he, he can laugh about it in a way like, oh, it was fun to shoot that scene or like, oh, it was really like, I'm really happy I made this movie. But I don't, I don't think he thinks for a second that they belong in, in this like terrible movie class. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I think he believes in the movies he's making. I Which, to so. your point, is like what makes them so good. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, because he believes in them so deeply, right? And yeah. then it's just when people are like, oh, these are terrible, then he'll, you know... I, I don't know if it's also like <laughs> the psyche that he has or that, that makes these movies also shields him from this reality that... <laughs> <laughs> the movies are terrible. Oh right, yes. Yeah. So um, to answer your question, I, yeah. I don't think he, I don't think he knows that people think his movies are bad. Yeah, but I'm, but how do you not hear it? <laughs> I mean, when you hear stuff, and you make these kind of movies, do you go like, oh well, these critics? They I mean, don't know yeah, anything. they're not for everybody, right? But my real fans are like showing up to these screenings that I'm, like, you know, he he's he runs his own. Uh, you know, pretty much, you know, he goes to these film festivals, he shows up yeah. in person, he screens them, he does Q&As. He tours around the uh, <laughs> the, the country yeah. with the movies. Yeah. And people genuinely reach out to him and want to, like, buy him drinks and talk about the movies yeah. and, like, take selfies with him. But again, yeah. it's more it's in more of this cult thing. Like, I think, I think in that case, we're kind of laughing with him. But I think mostly when you watch them, you laugh at how, like, how bad they turn out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's this weird dichotomy. It's like I would love to have a beer with Neil Breen. Oh yeah, and not after this podcast, maybe you know. <laughs> I actually, gonna... I think what that should be one of our goals for this podcast is to actually get him. Oh, to get Neil Breen on call, the podcast, just to call, like, see if he'll take a call and just like talk about talk about a movie with us. Oh man, and just be... just answer some questions candidly. That'd be fantastic. I'd like, I'll reach out. I'll see how to get a hold of him. I'm sure we can get a hold of him personally. I'm sure he doesn't have like an agent, you know, answering his phone. Yeah. Um, you know, we could just like DM him on Twitter or something and see like, hey, if, yeah. you're, hey. if you're screening a movie out here in the Bay Area, like. Hit us up. I, let me buy you dinner. Yeah. <laughs> like I will buy you a, a filet mignon or Exactly. Something. I really just, he's one of these fascinating people. You, like you just have to, there's gotta be, he's gotta, he believes in this stuff so much. Yeah. I just think he, I think he loves his, I, these are all like his children. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. And it's, it's almost like this guilt that I feel with movies like these because you are laughing at them and you're making fun of them. Right. But that doesn't change the fact that, that you do really feel like, like admiration for this guy that's doing this, oh, you yeah. know? And that's, that's like the B movie, the great part about B movies for me. Cause it's like, you do laugh at them, but it's not like a spiteful laugh. Yeah, exactly. You are laughing at them. You're not laughing with them. Right. <laughs> but it's a, it's almost like a, an appreciative laughing right out of this maybe not the best way to put it but you know i don't i don't want him to stop making movies no, far exactly, from exactly exactly yeah because like, that's what's wrong with hollywood in the first place is that yeah. you, know, you go down there you try to make it big you get chewed up and spit out and then it like kills your spirit 
Yeah. But like nothing kills Neil Breen's spirit. <laughs> he's indestructible. He is. He's indestructible. From the Hollywood machine. Exactly. Both in, both on screen and off. <laughs> yeah. He's unstoppable. Unstoppable. But no, you got to love that about him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> now he's acting as a limo driver in this scene and he's picking up a married couple, but he picks up the wrong married couple. You just don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on. Oh, yeah. This is a great. (laughs) The wedding's over. Get out. (laughs) So he's he's like a hitman in this scene. This is back to double down. Right. Uh, And he's supposed to kill this couple. And he accidentally picks up the wrong couple. And he like drugs them. And I think (laughs) kills them. Oh, no. Is this the right couple now? No, that's the wrong couple. Oh, that's right. Because the right couple, he (laughs) never finds. They kill themselves because they find out he's coming for them. (laughs) So So they put themselves out of their misery. They put themselves out of their misery. And and by the way, the way that they do that, they shoot themselves in the dead center of their foreheads. And uh, by the way, when he finds them, they're like slumped in each other's arms on like a rock right. in the beach. Right. And they shot they shot themselves right in the center of their forehead. Yeah. Because they knew he was coming for them. <laughs> oh, man. It just, it doesn't make sense. Where would you rank these movies? Where would you rank Double Down specifically in, uh, in the like pantheon of... Uh... You know, like the rooms of the world. Yeah, and samurai cops and stuff. Samurai like that. cop. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one's up there for me because <laughs> of what we're talking about, like the it's the deep themes that keep me coming back. Yeah. It's like the the terribly presented deep themes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that I I don't know. It's up there for me. Yeah. I've here here. I'm gonna go on record here and tell you I've seen. All of these movies, um, I haven't seen the last one, Pass Through. Pass Through, right. Spelled T-H-R-U, by the way. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. I'm I'm working on it. Uh, but the other ones I've seen multiple times, like all of them. I've seen Double Down like three times. I've seen I Am Here Now twice. I saw, <laughs> I've seen uh, uh, Fateful Findings like three times. Like <laughs> I keep coming back to these things. And I guarantee you, if uh, you guys go out and and watch this, you'll be like, "What the hell's wrong with that guy? How <laughs> how did he watch this movie like three times?" But it's true. They're fun though, you know. You watch them once, you laugh. They're so bad, you want to show them to friends. Yeah. And uh, you know, you a, a lot of you may have aspirations to be filmmakers or writers or, or you know, I mean, this is really. I mean, really, this is kind of a study in what not to do, <laughs> but like you said, not in like a mean way. Yeah, I mean, th- these are these are these are themes that deserve to be talked about. But when you, I mean, God bless him, but it, when you have no talent or you don't have the talent required to 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 spell these things out, you get a, you get movies like these. Yeah, once in a lifetime <laughs> movies. Yeah. <laughs> See these uh, these are my favorite. Breen is my favorite B movie. Uh, uh, I guess set you could say, even though they're all kind of similar. Yeah, because like I actually think the room, as funny as it is, is kind of like unwatchable. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it, it is more than more than like the couple times. Yeah, uh, yeah, the room. Um, yeah, I mean Samurai Cop Samurai is definitely Cop. up there. That one's up there. That, that one. Is, that one I think is hilarious. 
Yeah, that one is great. And it's for most of the same reasons, although, you know, that one we can talk about. Right. You laugh at that one a little more. You do. <laughs> you do. And it's just, yeah, this one is different. Uh, it's more cerebral. Right. <laughs> but I guess that's the difference, isn't it? Neil Breen is, is actually talking about pretty lofty, you know, he's got he's got loftier themes than than most of these other ones. Yeah, you know, Samurai Cop is a is a cop movie made very poorly. Yes, and th- and not to say that these movies are well made by any means, but I mean, like you said, the themes are much deeper. Yeah, like the the third one gets so uh, fateful findings, it gets so out there, where it's it's like watching like two thousand one a Space Odyssey, like <laughs> or like Blade Runner, or like all those movies where you're like. You know, you you're not sure what's going on. They're like so deep. They're so like, but but bad. It's like the B movie version of of two thousand one, <laughs> right. a space odyssey or something. Where right, where you're like, oh, I didn't quite get that. And then none of these things make sense. And then you're like, but are they supposed to make sense? And you know, uh, yeah, you just don't know. Should we talk about his treatment of women? Yeah, in his movies. Yeah, we gotta go there. We gotta go there. Yeah. <laughs> So as much as you like Neil Breen, he does not tend to handle women in his movies very well. No. You know, they're often topless or (laughs) brawless or, uh, you know, blouses unbuttoned for no reason. There's a very, uh, in one scene where his girlfriend is shot, he chooses to be nude in the pool with her. (laughs) There's a, there's a. Oh, what do you call those shots? The uh, you know where you're setting up the location. Oh, establishing. There's shot. an establishing yeah. shot of you know they're supposed to be at this resort, and yet he is fully nude, <laughs> and, and she is supposed she's in like a like, she's in like a skin colored thong like like trying to match her skin tone and it's so I think she's you can kind of tell that maybe the actress was like too uncomfortable to exactly. be nude with him. And yet he still, he either demanded or just the scene, like he, the scene was not changed for her discomfort. And, and then, and then she shot and then they're floating in the pool and, and he is very naked. <laughs> <laughs> but she, you know, they don't really show anything right. of her. Cause, right. uh, but he, <laughs> this is this is sorry not to sidetrack again. The other thing about B movies, especially these that I love, is what you just said. Yeah. You can literally see through; they're like transparent. You can see right to the filmmaking process. Yeah, exactly. When you see that scene, you know that there was a conversation yeah. between Breen and that lady. And he's like, "Well, you got to be nude for this one, right?" And she's I'm like, "Going to be nude." Yeah. And she said, "No way, I'm not doing that." Yeah. And then they haggled. It came to this. Right. skin colored right. thong right and then right exactly and then it just became and then but then but then you know as an actor and as a and as a movie maker you can see right through to the fact that the, like now in the scene it's awkward and there's yeah. no chemistry <laughs> which makes it hilarious right. a lot of times right i mean I, which is the movie where he he has some sort of like facial bandage on and he's like showering with his <laughs> fateful findings okay, that's the, the yeah. third one yeah she's showering in a slip yeah, in like a you know like a nightgown, <laughs> because it's like no, I'm not getting naked with you, Neil Breen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just yeah, there is that. I'm trying to think the other uh, women well, inter- in, in in I am here now. There's an interview with the actress that played one of the like junkies out in the desert. 
Yeah. And if you remember, she, she even says like, oh yeah, I didn't want to do, he kept like trying to unbutton my blouse and kept telling me to like do one button lower and like <laughs> it, it didn't have anything to do with my character or like the scene wouldn't have changed in any way. Just he to just, be clear, we're not saying he forcibly unbuttoned no, no, her no, blouse. No, no, I yes. think he told her to right. do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. But there was just, there was a very specific like scene look. Oops. I'm a hack. <laughs> oh, come on. Rookie mistake. <laughs> it was like a very specific scene in his mind. And it was like just gratuitous skin showing. <laughs> yeah. Basically every woman that's in any of his movies, they don't have a bra. Right. Or their shirt's unbuttoned, like right. you said, or right. they don't have a shirt. Right. At all. <laughs> and often, aside from being his love interest, don't don't serve like a very high standing part you know like they don't serve a role really in the movie yeah other than being in love with him a love a lost love yeah or uh in the case of i am here now a stripper mother <laughs> who has to be in a who like turns to gang life and <laughs> prostitution for a while i mean like his handling of his handling of women is not is not the most uh uh, enlightened yeah yeah i think that's fair to say yeah i mean th in the third one in faithful findings there's a <laughs> oh sorry a scene... <laughs> a scene just came up with a guy in a clearly fake goatee <laughs> yeah. and like a red beanie <laughs> and he, he injects anthrax into his neck or something and <laughs> knocks him out and he's driving his like 1987 ferrari yeah and we're not joking like it is like a right. 1987 right. Ferrari. Anyway, um, in the third one, uh, he has a love interest or he has a wife, I think, for the most of the movie. And then he finds this other woman that he knew when he was a kid and and gets with her. And then the his old wife kills herself with like pills because it's convenient. It's like, Oh good. I don't have to worry about divorcing you. <laughs> Just go to this next, this next woman. It, yeah. Objectification, I guess right. is a fair, right, uh, right. fair way to say. Right. Which is a, which is a big theme in a lot of these B movies. Yeah. You know, just if I can't get him, if the story or the acting is gonna, you know, is not gonna be there, then you know, maybe just naked people will get him. We'll get him to watch the movie. It's yeah. like all part of the art, the weird art of it all. It is. It is. I, I that actually brings up another, with the, I made me think. Uh, the other theme in his movies is, uh, uh, childhood, is in ah, all yes. of them that I forgot until now. It's always either. There's a scene of him as a child remembering something or there is an actual like scene of his childhood in the movie. Mm -hmm. And he always has some like childhood love interest right. that comes back. It, it's borderline kind of creepy and kind of, <laughs> but you know, I don't know. I don't think he means it like that, but yeah, there it's a, but it is a consistent theme. It's just mm -hmm. always like whatever was in his childhood was so, innocent and pure and right. now the world now is so <laughs> corrupt right back to broken the, exactly all that stuff anyway exactly. just made me think of it it's so deep it's so <laughs> deep man and we keep going all these themes look at all these themes we've thrown out so i'm saying but name name some of the movies that tackle greed tackle corruption tackle humanity tackle disease yeah. i mean the yeah. first things that come to mind are from some like really brilliant directors <laughs> I, I know <laughs> i know it, it, it's like 
maybe it like is is Neil Breen the like B movie Orson Welles or it, it, that's what kind of what I'm thinking or like yeah like he's he wants to tackle better better material than most B movies are willing to yeah because even isn't the room just about a group of friends yeah uh, it's a it's a group of friends and they uh let me look this they're up. cheating on uh, it Tommy Wiseau's girlfriend is cheating on him mm-hmm. and it's kind of a like, kind of like oh, sweaters or something. It doesn't. Oh, okay. Independent romantic drama film. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I so you know, it's just kind of like a character character movie, buddy. Yeah. You know, kind of a buddy movie drama. But yeah, these movies are these movies are are much more impressive in their scope. <laughs> yeah, almost but, too much. <laughs> but, exactly, but they don't. They never get. They never get down to the part where you're supposed to focus on like one or two things. And then all the characters drive to the same goal, right? There's no, yeah. There's no even him structure. Yeah. If you're gonna be a great secret agent, then show me be you know, show me that you can be a great secret agent. But yeah. Instead, there's you know he's planting anthrax bombs, and uh, talking about how like he could get even with any government <laughs> if if they don't if if they like treat him poorly. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah and it's like it, it, shouldn't he be he shouldn't be so petty and, <laughs> yeah. and like i hope he's on our side he That's says he's thing. on our side but you don't know exactly you don't know so he can't even keep his own character in line <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know so how can he be expected to keep the remaining characters yeah, like exactly. in any sort of format or exactly would you uh would you be in a Neil Breen movie. Oh yeah. Uh, Neil Breen, if you're listening to this, I'm in. I'll do it for free. I'm in too, Neil. Don't forget about me. <laughs> oh, I would love that. Man. I mean, I don't know what we would be doing. Probably just be getting shot. Yeah, we'd, we'd be we'd, either... we'd be the two like guys walking into his weird invisible force field that is never explained. <laughs> oh yeah, his his nineteen eighties yeah. Mercedes Benz has a invisible force shield force field that kills, that kills you when you. you yeah if you touch it you're like ears bleed and then you yeah. just die yeah it's not explained <laughs> but yeah no i'm in count me in that'd be a blast don't you think with his money that you could make a better movie <laughs> and not to be one of those sour grapes actors that thinks he can do everything better than everyone but don't you think like somewhere <laughs> along the way he has a he has a plan He's shooting a movie. How does he get so derailed? <laughs> is it the script? Is literally yeah. just every page of the script a different thing? Yeah, maybe. What is he shooting? How maybe does he not see it in his it. head that none of this stuff connects. Is yeah. he insane? <laughs> is he an insane person? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is the script. I mean, he does write the scripts. Yeah, right. Um, and I don't think he has any formal writing background no so maybe yeah maybe that's what it is like he's like oh here's the first page i'm doing something and mm-hmm. then he's like okay next page i'm doing something completely different and there's no <laughs> narrative flow <laughs> right. to anything. maybe that's what it is i, I mean know. i don't want to over dissect these but i am fascinated by how these movies get made yeah you know I do want to over dissect them, <laughs> <laughs> like, and and you know, and he works with other actors, and and in interviews he has said that he pays them, you know, and that there is catering. I mean, you know, if you yeah. know, be you know, be they student actors or whatever, they show up on set, they expect a professional environment. He says he provides one, 
Yeah. But I mean, if I'm an actor, I'm wondering why I'm standing out in the middle of the desert in a nightgown. <laughs> what does he say to her? Oh, and now they have this chemistry-free kiss. It's probably not in the script. He probably just kissed her on action, surprised her. So I just don't know. He's like you said. He's he's playing it straight. Yeah. Like see, maybe certain scenes are supposed to be funny, but but the overall thing is, he's making this movie for real. He's he didn't tell his friends I'm gonna make a joke, haha. No, I'm no, make, I'm gonna no. make a fake bad movie and it's gonna be a cult classic. No, because we'd see through that. Yeah, we would. Like it's a bad movie executed poorly. <laughs> Here's we should bring that up too. Um, everyone always asks me because they know I like terrible B movies. Uh. They're like, oh, have you seen Sharknado and all? Mm-hmm. That was always the question, um, and it's and I haven't seen it because I don't really have a huge interest in seeing it, to be honest. Because I know they playing that they're playing that as a bad movie, right? Like they're going in there and they're trying to make a bad movie. Exactly. That they that, set out to make. It. They set out to make one. Yeah, but the best ones are not like that. Like we've said before, the best ones. You're going for the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> right. You think there's something about this that Hollywood isn't doing. Yeah. And you're going to do it. Yeah. And it's going to have a place in the world. And you have no idea how bad it is when it's done. <laughs> I, I guess this brings up the other thing. Well, I might have mentioned on a previous podcast with me that like movies, you know, when right now Hollywood is kind of normalizing itself so they can make consistently six or seven out of 10 films. Oh yeah. Uh, so you don't see the one out of tens or the zero out of tens, maybe like, like these movies and you don't see the 10 out of tens as much. So th- this kind of independent filmmaking scene and, you know, it's just good because sometimes, sometimes you need a, zero out of 10 movie like double down or I am here dot 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 now <laughs> or fateful findings and I'm hoping pass through but I don't know yeah according to Neil pass through has just completed a six month theater run and yeah. it is now available on DVD on his website pass dash through dash film dot com <laughs> So please, yeah. go out and give Neil Breen all your money. Yeah. And buy the damn DVD. Yeah, do it. Although I haven't seen Pass Through. I don't know if I should recommend Pass Through. I'm sure. <laughs> you know what? I've never been so confident recommending a film, a sight unseen, than a Neil yeah. Breen film. I think we have to order this. I oh, think we yeah. have to order. You've seen Fateful Findings. Yes. Okay. I, yeah, I've seen it multiple times. I think times. we should. Maybe we should like live, live cast it or something and yeah. just... And just like watch it, just watch it uh, pass through. I mean, yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, I love B movies. I love indie movies, and I like indie movies that aren't afraid to be entertaining. You know, because a lot of these indie movies are really, you know, they take themselves really seriously and all that. Yeah. So Neil Breen movies are actually quite refreshing from that standpoint. <laughs> yeah, they are. And like you said, they don't disappoint. But are they really worth watching? <laughs> no. <laughs> Here's the here's the plot twist of this podcast. We've just wasted all of your time. No, I'm just kidding. They they are worth watching. 
I don't know. Let's say a, a reasonable person is listening to this right now and is genuinely yeah. curious. Okay, it's bad. Does that doesn't that make it spectacle? Like, won't I only watch twenty minutes of it and then turn it off? I mean, probably. Yeah. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, probably. I. They're not for everybody, right? Um, I think the best way to watch these movies is with an open mind, yeah, <laughs> and an open bottle of J and B. Lots of alcohol. It uh, it helps. Oh yeah, it helps. It definitely helps. It helps. We're not condoning, uh, right? You know, that kind of behavior <laughs> on our podcast, but maybe we are. Uh, but come, but there is an avenue to watch these things where that is what you're gonna do. Oh yeah, you're gonna so need get a wasted lot. and watch B movies. You <laughs> yeah. know, you're gonna need a lot of booze and some friends over, <laughs> and it's gonna be a great time. But I guarantee you. What? But what were you saying? There's what, what? So yeah, is it is it more than spectacle? Then I mean, is there a reason? Is there a reason to watch Double Down? Is there a reason to watch other than to you know mean or not to laugh at it? Because I could watch yeah. War Horse with my two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so you could instance, also like eat sand for two hours i'm just saying for instance we're all working we're all busy people <laughs> yeah. i only have so many 90 minute blocks available to me shouldn't i be watching like westworld or rewatching yeah. the sopranos or something like that no uh, i don't know i i would say no i say you need to watch breen all right what throughout your westworld <laughs> game of thrones cancel all that subscription you don't need that because a film and a filmmaker like Neil Breen, uh, it doesn't come around very often. That's true. This is like a one in a million kind of thing. Maybe that's what it is. It's the rarity of it. I it's wonder. Like, Actually, you know, that's that's an interesting topic now. We have, uh, you know, we don't want to run too long here, but we have, we have a few minutes left here. Yeah. That's an interesting point you bring up. What with the with everybody basically being able to make their own YouTube clips and everything like that on their phones and and how now you can you know you can shoot i know a lot you know a lot of people shoot music videos using like gopros and yeah. you know ipads and things like that and granted it's not all professional quality but there are so many people out there making their own content i mean eventually there's going to be some kind of ta- there's like a commercial where john favreau is like watching a music video on his phone and is like ah oh, like get these get these guys on the phone <laughs> you know and he's just like watching youtube clips and it's like isn't that how like justin bieber got discover yeah, and like people so. like that yeah so i mean are the neil breens of the world eventually going to be weeded out because i mean only cult fanatics will be like if neil breen decided to say okay i'm not going to sell my dvds or anything anymore i'm just going to shoot my movies on a phone or whatever and put them yeah. on youtube yeah i'm sure that would take a lot of the romance and a lot of the like quirky qualities out of it yeah but if he like started just making things for his audience wouldn't the, i mean he would just kind of go away like netflix would never put any of his stuff back on yeah no, I think you're right. Because, yeah, it is. It's kind of like, what can I do to mm-hmm. get the highest number of views or right. likes? Or, But he is not doing that. But he like, doesn't do it for that. No, he doesn't do it for that. But in but let's say in five years, I mean, the only reason... I mean, granted, the only reason Netflix put Double Down on was because it was like a cult classic. Or, right. or well, because it was a, uh, you know, they were trying to do this thing where they're putting indie movies out and all that. <laughs> yeah. But it had already had some kind of notoriety as like one of the worst films of all time. Yeah. So there was never, I mean, no one was ever like confused that Neil Breen was like a good movie maker. <laughs> but I, but I think it's kind of sad that like we're going to be finding more and more talent, you know, out of, out of kind of like you know the corners of the world mm-hmm. with uh, you know with digital devices and things like that. And I'm I'm just afraid people like Neil Breen are not you know 
this movie probably cost him thirty, forty thousand dollars to make. Yeah. And it's like, oh, one day he's just not going to spend the money on it, <laughs> and his like voice will be, you know, quieted. <laughs> his 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 views will be silenced. Exactly. Yeah, I know. We we had kind of talked about this um, before that. Uh, it's so lucky that he has the means to make these things. Like he, mm-hmm. like he was a successful architect, I think is what right. I've read that he has like this money to make, to make these movies. Like it, it just, yeah, it was, it just doesn't happen very often. Right. And there's there, like you said, there's all these people that don't have the means. I know it's easier to get, it's easier to get stuff out there and maybe that's actually harming some aspect of it because mm-hmm. If you wanted to make a movie 30 years ago and you had no money, like you had to, I mean, you can't just get your phone and then shoot a movie. Right. Like you can't. You still have to buy what would have been like a news quality camera or something like that. It would still be shoulder mounted or whatever. Like, yeah. It was before before the camcorder. Yeah. Before the camcorder, it was a very high barrier to entry. Right. And so you really had to want to do, you really had to love it. And in some ways, that's, that was, bad because it filtered out a lot of people that didn't have the means to right. buy the stuff or they couldn't raise the money or, right. you know, so that in that respect, you know, all these like mobile devices and stuff and cheaply, you know, uploading things, that's great. But also it, it's like even too easy now. Cause then you still want a little bit of, of a barrier. I think because you want people to really bust through that with their right. passion, right. You, like crazy like or Neil not. Breen. <laughs> no, exactly. That, see, that's what I think. He he is busting through, yeah. even if he's crazy. Yeah, like he like the barrier. He believes what he believes his work is worthy. Yeah, like of of viewing, and a lot of people think that. But actually, like their talent level or their their inability to like handle criticism or just whatever, they they move to L.A., they move to New York, and then within a year they're out. Yeah. And Neil Breen has decided I'm going to do this from basically the comfort of like my home city. Yeah. I'm going to put whatever money I make into doing these. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. hire actors. I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to shoot on film or like you said, it's probably a more expensive digital camera now than than even yeah. than like a consumer level. And I'm just going to like make stuff. Yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah. Bravo. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. I love people who make stuff. Yeah. Like, even if they're insane, (laughs) there would be no charm in this if he wasn't if he wasn't so passionate about it. Yeah, there wouldn't. Like, if this was truly just a student, excuse me, if this was truly just a student film, it would still be, it would be kind of boring and kind of bad, but I don't think it would be anywhere the cult status that it is. I think it's because he's like an, like an older man. Who, yeah. who does have a day job <laughs> and who now as part of the world as like this artist you know as an architect he's probably had clients that have seen these movies now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know like he's he's just so exposed to the world though uh, because of these things and he just doesn't care I know I've, yeah I mean that's refreshing it you is know? <laughs> yeah Neil Breen is worth 10,000 Hollywood hacks out there right now making making 5 out of 10 movies. Get out of here. Yeah. More brain. <laughs> All right, Joe, well it's good to be back. It is. Let's uh let's wrap it up here. We're you know, we want to keep we don't want to keep these too long. Uh 
Yeah, it's good to be back. What do you want to talk about next week or on the next episode? On the next I episode. To a weekly cadence. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> don't put us in that hole. Yeah, uh, I think on the next episode, uh, we're going to discuss uh, one of our, both of our favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is in the logo or inspired the logo. <laughs> God, let me, let me start over. Okay. I'm sorry. Next, uh, next episode, we're going to talk about uh, one of both of our favorite movies, um, Jurassic Park. Ah, Jurassic Park. One yeah. of, definitely, uh, that's in my top three. Yes, my top one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Jurassic Park, Steven Spielberg, 1993. The CGI still holds up. The story holds up. I think it's, I think it's a perfect movie. And it's not number yeah. three because I, I think my next two are better than it it's just it's in no particular order no particular but yeah i love that movie me too and that is going to be quite a jump from neil breen's (laughs) exactly we we, we can't talk only about neil breen so we're going to talk about a really freaking good movie next time like a really really big jump next time yeah (laughs) i'm looking forward to it all right well thanks for listening download us on uh, itunes and uh, soundcloud and we will see you next time I'll see you later.